the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful, informative, irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with a latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You're ugly. You're ugly. Stock market opens ugly today. We've had an amazing run. The late stages of the most recent run seem to be dominated by Apple and Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Netflix. <clears throat> A lot of other things looked kind of weak, to be quite honest with you. In the most recent run, we've been doing up stock market moves even though we've been seeing up pandemic COVID infections and hospital utilization rates. Um, Some areas are getting hit hard. So it makes a little bit of sense that maybe we might pause and reflect that maybe the Deltas and the Southwest and the Americans and the Alaska Airlines got too far ahead of themselves. I feel in the recent future, it's become a little bit too easy to make money. And the best example is my personal largest holding, Apple. It shouldn't go up every single day, except for there is some evidence that they deserve it. That demand during the COVID shutdown has is, is remained rather high for their products. Then you see Apple doing some kind of, I don't know, a lot of people were upset with them, with them when they stopped doing the lightning bud support for uh, ear pods, <clears throat> but then they, they kind of kept it and they're going more wireless. Now you're not going to get any ear pods when you buy uh, your next phone, or you may get a free pair of AirPods and get you hooked on that $250 great, awesome sounding ability to listen to your own music or friends on the phone or what have you. It's a pretty expensive accessory, is what I'm getting at. And they seem to be grooming us for. Uh oh, bet you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> you know, you suddenly your phone's not like twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. <clears throat> global stocks are falling today, global, because of the rise in the COVID nineteen cases. Uh, global equity is under pressure. California, Texas, Arizona have all seen spikes in new cases. It is so weird because where I'm at, there's no cases in California. 
Um, very few. Like one person has died since the beginning of COVID. Um, so depending on what county and what city you're in, you feel a lot more stressed. Southern California near LA is getting hit hard. And there's no doubt it looks like it started to spike right back up when social distancing relaxed and gatherings were allowed. So it brings up the question, what's the fall going to look like? Um, I was talking to someone yesterday, a really smart man, and this is his summary. And I, I, I instantly stole it and now it's mine. I'm not really seeing a lot of progress here. It seems like things are still not good. And I kind of feel that too, but we'll see. Listen to other radio shows, and some people are like, "Woohoo! I don't wash my hands. I pick my nose." I'm good. Uh, okay, I'm not going to do impressions of people. <clears throat> Carnival Cruise Line's down five percent today. Again, um, they've got a lot of debt, and it's really speculative debt. And now that cooler heads may start looking at some of these companies, you know, they went down way too much. They recovered way too much might be the conclusion that we get at. I don't want it. It's got debt. And in my world, I, I can, I don't even need a dart to throw out a dartboard to figure out companies that don't have debt. That's an easy one. Or the companies that can manage their debt. Servicing your debt's important. Servicing your dividend, also very important. Wall Street likes both of those. It calms us down. Dell Technologies up 13%. They're a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Considering a spell off of its uh, VMware um, software, virtual reality, not virtual reality, but virtual screens kind of thing. Uh, Let people into your virtual platform. Um, I've never really liked VMware. It's one of those stocks that I could have made a ton on, and I just didn't want to do it. It just didn't talk to me. Speaking of talk to me, talk to me, Goose. Um, Top Gun 2, delayed. That's one of the biggest casualties of COVID-19. No, no. Winnebago shares down 2%. Speaking about talking to me, Goose. This is supposed to be the summer of the RV. Isn't that funny? I was looking for places to escape to recently, and it's not looking good. Um, I was looking for a beach house. I got the mountains covered. I got the city covered. <clears throat> I'm thinking somewhere where beach and warm and I can get the little sand in the feet. Um, not easy to find anything out there. Oh, that also takes people like me. <laughs> 800-516-1220 beach calls in the air. Some other news out there. J&J, Johnson Johnson, the talc verdict has been cut in half to $2.1 by a state court. They had been awarded $4.7 billion, or they had lost a $4.7 billion judgment tied towards cancer claims. And it's the craziest thing. Is that not the craziest story? Did you not grow up with Johnson's baby powder as safe enough to put on a baby's butt? And then there's now, for some reason, risk exposures to asbestos. It's like, yes, this big piece of metal that's pounding the heck out of a a big piece of towel can turn it into powder. That big piece of metal has, and again, that's where you get into the legal issue. And I, I don't know, but that has to be good news for Johnson and Johnson because they still say, um, we're going to continue to fight this. So you're seeing that stock do. Okay. 
<clears throat> it's less damages than thought. And again, say that a lot. And see if your head doesn't start to spin. It's less worse than thought. Yesterday, we saw new home sales increase sharply in May, up 16.6%. Housing market seems to be okay. Sales activity has bounced back. That's one of those areas I think it's regional. I would have thought that no one wanted to go buy a house right now until we see where this all goes. Um, camping world. Speaking of RVs, we got a big, great big convoy. Camping World, the largest retailer of RVs, said it saw a slowdown that lasted into mid-April when that trend started to reverse. The trend not only continued, but accelerated positively into mid-May. So they see pent-up demand for RVs. Casey Southern, not a barbecue sauce, but instead of choo-choo train, choo-choo. We move things in this country with planes, trains, and automobiles. I've got a lamp in front of me. I've got a microphone in front of me. <clears throat> I've got a mouse under my fingers. None of that would have been here without planes, trains, or automobiles. All of this has probably been made, manufactured in Asia, I just guess. And planes, trains, and automobiles brought it to me in some way, shape, or form. So Kansas City Southern is in the news because there's rumors that they could be acquired. Okay. <clears throat> Have you ever played Monopoly? I'm just asking. It's probably the answer is yes. How many railroads are there? One, two, three, four, right? Four. You, you know how they're across from each other, same point of the board, right? Are railroads sexy? No. Is it nice when someone lands on them? Yes. The more of them that you own, the more money you make. So right now in the United States, I can count on a four-fingered hand which was, I once dated a four-fingered sloth, four-toed sloth. So she would have been perfect for this example. I can think of Kansas City Southern, Union Pacific, Northern Southern, uh, Northern South Southern, um, and Kansas City. That's it. There's not many, and they're almost regional. So it's going to be more of a monopoly. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Coming up a little later in the show, we've got one, theonlybriefing.com, coming on talk a little bit about current market conditions and uh, the state of investing, so to speak. I don't think it's that grand, but you get the idea. So a lot of the economic data right now is positive compared to where we were. And where we were was in the sinkhole. It's This isn't the best we've ever seen in any way, shape, or form. It's okay. Um, as far as an economic recovery after a pandemic, it's okay. We clearly have some winners and losers. Don't get too caught up in this is my advice. I think it's kind of a whipsaw market. It should become more of a stock traders market as we move into earnings <clears throat> because a lot of the broad-based action has already happened on the downside and on the upside. 
Now, again, I could be wrong. You know, um, some people think that day traders have taken over the market, but the day traders only know how to find Amazon, Netflix, Google, Facebook on their, their apps. I don't believe that's the case. Cisco is gobbling up some nice gains. Again, when I'm talking Cisco, I'm talking about Cisco. Yesterday, one of the big winners on, the, on Wall Street was a company that I really, really want you to pay attention to. Not necessarily buy, but it's been on my radar for over 25 years. It's the largest food distributor in the world. So right there, that says something, right? Warren Buffett tends to like the businesses like where the world is made up of 7 billion people and 3.5 billion of them are men. And every night men fall asleep and every night men wake up and they've got whiskers. So every day when we go to work, we shave said whiskers. Now, if we're not going to work, then maybe the sales racers go down. But when you're the largest and you have a business, like every day people eat. Cisco's in the deli- in the business of delivering food, and they're the largest. So their stock is benefiting right now from the optimism of restaurants opening up. And have you snuck out to a restaurant yet? Have you broken down? Have you said, it's really the only thing I want? You say that to your hairdresser, that I want to go to a restaurant. It's, it's the only small luxury I'll give myself. As you tell the cleaners who are in your house, yes, California, we're cynical. Um, I really like the idea of restaurants opening back up. It sounds romantic, right? And I'll, I'll just say this. I made some good Italian last night. Like my, my cooking skills are going off the hook. I've got a friend who posts a picture of his 11-year-old child with a different blue apron package every night, putting together these complex little instructional meals. And I'm like, I'm going to kick that little 11-year-old's butt. I could do better than him. So I'm posting photos. No, I'm not posting photos, but I'm competitive with him, to say the least. So Cisco does food delivery. Boring. I bring it up because it's a stock I would own if I want to own boring companies that are the largest food distributors in the world. We're not yet where drones are doing it or, you know, even if drones do it, maybe Cisco pays the drones. That's an idea. So the upcoming unleashing of restaurants across the country. And I've already seen some restaurants open that looks like it's New Year's Eve. Have we? Have you stopped and thought about that if COVID-19 had hit in like October, maybe even if it hit in December and just it wiped out people on New Year's Eve? Whoa, I had a little bit too much to drink last night and now my lungs aren't properly functioning. So Cisco has had a rough few months. They get the optimism of restaurants. And I'm talking about the S-Y-S-C-O. Cisco removed more than $500 million of expenses, most notably a 33% staff reduction. This included temporary workforce furloughs and permanent reductions. They've, They've done some dramatic cuts. Now here's one thing about the period of time we just went through. Some of these dramatic cuts, and I've been associated, I've seen one or two of them myself. People are like, ah, well, I hope you land on your feet. Um, dramatic cuts is have you know effects on businesses. Do they bring back that employee or that two employees or that 33% of workforce reduction? And the answer is probably not to the level of compensation that they were at. Maybe some... Businesses are going to be different. Some are going to absolutely need it. 
But Cisco's a nice company, and I, it should be on your radar. Earlier in the show, I was talking about a choo-choo company, Casey Southern. And it should be on your radar because they don't have a lot of competitors. The way the – and again, if you and I decided, hey, let's get into the business of, of trains. Now, I like trains more than trucks. Not because I don't like truckers, because I do like truckers. Kind of have this fantasy about sleeping in a, a truck one night in my life. But I don't think I'm going to make that happen. So maybe someone will start a hotel chain called call it Truck Stop, where people rent out truck beds. And we eat at diners, and we do corn tosses and things like that. I know you're saying you've thought way too much of this. I think, I think it would have a kitschy kind of feel to it. So I've given you two ideas tonight, today. That are not sexy, that, are, are, that are, are totally legit, though. Consider a railroad stock. And the way the railroads are set up right now, they're kind of regional. And they don't have a lot of competition. And if you and I got drunk and said, let's start our own train company, we, we got we to throw down those tracks. There's a big barrier to entry. And the reason I like trains more than I like trucks is because if you've ever been on the road, you see a truck driver, right? You've seen a truck driver. And sometimes you do the horn thing, and he does it with you. It's kind of fun. Um, there's only one of them. Eh, he might have a dog in his bed with cabinet with him. He might have a uh, a monkey like the 1980s television show on ABC, BJ and the Bear, which had an amazing soundtrack. I do, I do believe it was the Eagles was the theme song for that one. I know you're saying trucker with a monkey driving around the country. Uh, his friend was a monkey. Well, he also fell in love in every different city that he was hauling stuff in. And he was also better at solving crimes than, than police officers. Oh, boy. I feel weird about saying that, right? Um, so, some analyst said this the other day. With the current state of America, is CBS going to go out of business because all they have is, is crime procedures? And I think our view of, of the police have, has taken a maybe a different uh, filter. So maybe those TV shows won't be quite as luxurious of much of an escape. I don't know. Does that make sense? Anyhow, um, I like train companies more than trucks because a train has one conductor and has 200 cars behind him. Whereas a truck has one driver and either a monkey or a dog in the cabin with him. And then he just has one truck behind him. Sometimes you, you'll see like a double wide load or too, too deep. It's much more profitable to be here at a train company than it is a trucking company. So I give giving you two very boring ideas today. Consult a broker advisor for taking action. Any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You got me undone, falling in love like you do. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I didn't quite hear if Patrick O'Hara was ready as of yet. Is Patrick online? Ah, we're queuing him up right here, right now. Patrick O'Hara from Briefing.com. Briefing.com is a web resource that I've been using for over 20 years. Uh, fantastic information on the stock market. Um, great snapshots, great morning data points, uh, economic calendars. Again, we just finished earnings. We're moving towards another earnings season. That's the way Wall Street works. Now we're starting to figure out how well we did in the last 90 days and how well we should do in the next 90 days. Briefing will keep you on top of this. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, current market conditions. Um, I, last time we talked a week ago, we were up every day. Since then, it was very narrow leadership. It felt like every day it was Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Netflix and Google. And then a couple others, but they were the kind of no-name rally. Um, now we have a negative day. How are you feeling about where we are? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, you had the NASDAQ go up nearly 7% over the last eight sessions. The S&P 500 go up um, about 4%. And, uh, and yet it feels like we haven't gone anywhere. You know, it's, it's a lot of the same storylines being recycled and, um, and the market kind of is, uh, stalling out, if you will, um, you know, after that uh, breach a few weeks ago above 3,200, it's it's kind of uh, stuck here in a narrow trading range as we kind of vacillate between the you know the reopening optimism uh, and the uh, the angst about uh, reopening too soon, uh, which is starting to come to the fore with uh, frequent reports of you know not just rising coronavirus case counts in, in some big states, but rising positivity rates in those states. And so, you know, I think the market's a little on edge here and does recognize that there's been some, um, some concentration risk that's building maybe to a, a excessive level in some of these really big, you know, obviously the mega cap stocks and is sort of uh, taking some time here to maybe start to di- digest some things and not be so quick to react to, uh, you know, one headline or another. Patrick O'Hare, you're a, a favorite of mine. You live in a big city area, Chicago. I live in the San Francisco area. I was talking with another business person yesterday and he said, you know, Rob, what you just said about the stock market not going anywhere. He goes, I don't really think this COVID thing, as far as my lifestyle has gone anywhere. It's like we're still kind of stuck in almost week one. We're kind of quarantined when we go out. We're social distancing. Um, he's seeing the cases stubbornly high where we are. <clears throat> and I found it interesting because I was like, that's bad news for the stock market. If I'm talking to someone whose business thought is that we're not really doing much right now, how are things in Chicago? And do you think we're making progress in COVID? And do you think we're making progress on opening our economy? Or is that just too big picture of a, a comment for you? Well, you know, I think uh, as it relates to Chicago, I mean, things have, have certainly gotten better here, you know, relatively speaking. Um, in fact, uh, the governor just uh, yesterday put out a plan that, you know, recommends the uh, the reopening of schools in the fall with in-person teaching, you know. So, um, so you can take that as a, as a positive, I think, in terms of, um, uh, making some progress from the from the depths of the COVID nineteen shutdown, um, but clearly, you know, activity is still um, there's sort of just like this marine layer of 
um, angst or doubt, what, what have you, um, when you go out, right? Um, you want it to be sunny, but you, you know, there's still just this layer of gray hanging over things because you know, uh, while things are reopening, there's still no cure uh, or treatment, vaccine, what have you, for uh, for COVID. And, and it, you have to face the reality that one could still be uh, further away than we all like to think. Um, so things are getting a little bit better, sure. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, the market uh, has tried to kind of look through all of that. And I think, you know, the way, the reason it's behaved positively uh, in recent weeks in the face of reports of rising coronavirus case counts is that, you know, I think the stock market has probably already, you know, trying to account for uh, herd immunity, if you will. Um, I think that there's a growing recognition, really, that while this uh, virus is still a very grave threat for the seriously ill, um, the market is probably leaning more toward the idea that most people who do contract it will be able to recover. And so we'll just, you know, I guess for lack of a better phrase, fight through it uh, and deal with some of the sickness that comes with it, but ultimately keep trying to get this economy going again. And of course, then you have, you know, uh, officials at the federal level who have already announced that, you know, we're not shutting the economy down again. So you got to kind of, I think, you know, markets just need the fact that you're not going to go back to the depths of that shutdown period of March and April, and we're going to have to adjust to a new reality um, with, um, you know, with with these state economies remaining reopened, but certainly with some restrained enthusiasm that's going to, in our estimation, prolong this recovery effort. Patrick, I got a great question this week, and I bet you can have a fun answer with it. Um, I got a question from someone who's been listening for over 20 years, and he goes, I think I'm coming to the conclusion that the Federal Reserve will save the stock market every time there's a crisis. And I'm thinking about cutting down my bond exposure and going more towards stocks. And I said, don't do that because you're doing it at a high. But, yeah, I kind of agree. It feels like the Fed is always coming to the rescue. Um, And that's kind of getting a little dangerous because I'm like, I invest when it always goes down. I've always done that for 20 years. Is there some truth in that thought in your head that maybe we should be – cutting down on our bonds with low interest rate and, and just believing the Fed's always going to save the economy and not necessarily having boring stocks balance our growth stocks? Mm. Well, I think, you know, uh, I think maybe in terms of bond exposure, you just probably probably favor more shorter maturities uh, because of, you know, if everything what the Fed is doing and all of the stimulus being tossed out around the world amongst these central banks, um, you know, you have a reasonable concern that inflation uh, is going to become, a, you know, a bugaboo again, um, maybe not in the next year or two, but four or five, you know, plus years down the road, which is really going to eat into those, um, you know, returns on, on longer data maturities in particular. But um, but I hear what, what your listener was saying, right? You know, that the, the Fed has essentially created, you know, this uh, moral hazard risk, right? Anytime things have gone bad here, um, they've stepped in to, to support, you know, the capital, the financial markets. Um, and I think the, you know, the, the thing to, to to be aware of there, though, is that it, it's all good until one day it isn't, right? right. And and it's it is 
going to end badly because there will be a misallocation of capital because Fed right now is basically forcing people to favor, you know, riskier assets in the pursuit of higher returns. And that works up to a point. But, you know, something to keep in mind, too, is that even with, you know, what what the Fed did, we still have been exposed to 20, 30 percent pullbacks in the market here um, um, more recently. You know, certainly as we saw at the end of uh, 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 2018, I believe, um, and then, in, and then, in terms of what we saw here with dealing with the initial phase of COVID, I mean, so the Fed, you know, has had low interest rates for a long time, but you know, when sentiment and momentum shifts, it can shift in a hurry, and you know, stock prices can get you know really hurt, uh, and so you have to be cognizant of that, which is why it does suggest that you don't want to necessarily abandon, you know, uh, safer-minded instruments like Treasuries altogether. What I kind of got out of was exactly what you just said. But I even throw in another one is I said it is kind of reassuring to know that the Fed is on your side and don't fight the Fed is kind of proven true because I think there's some damage on the other side of the conspiracy theory that the market's going to go to zero. And it's for me, it's nice to see one listener waking up to the I don't have to panic when things get a little too hairy. But I was also I saw both positives and negatives in it, if that makes any sense. Anything else that you're working on, Mr. O'Hara, that you think can bring value to your uh, subscribers and uh, readers and audience on briefing.com? Well, uh, really, Rob, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, our subscribers might bring some value to me this week. Um, and, right. and what I'm looking at is uh, a bit of a uh, play on the, the phrase a penny for your thoughts and looking at a, uh, a piece you know, called a quarter for your thoughts, where I'll be looking back at what kind of transpired in the second quarter. And, and I do a lot of talking. That's, that's my job, right? Um, but I'm interested in hearing what our, what our own subscribers are thinking about the market and, and what's going on. Because, you know, you learn a lot, obviously, from listening and, and not being so uh, locked in on your, your own singular perspective. And so I'd like to hear some more uh, feedback, really, from our subscribers and, 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 uh, and get a handle on their, their thought process. People can find you at briefing.com. Um, anything else that you want to throw in while we got another minute? Well, you know, we're we're going to roll into uh, the next uh, earnings reporting season. You know, uh, mid mid July or so. That's going to be really important, I think, as particularly as it relates to you know what the financial and the bank stocks are saying uh, in terms of reserves for credit losses, and um, and that will proceed just be you know just before we get to uh, what's being called the fiscal cliff, right, where you have the expiration of these unemployment benefits, the extra ones expiring on July 31. So that could be a really dicey period here for the market, you know, as we move into the latter half of July. So just something to uh, keep an eye out for. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hara. People can find you at briefing.com on every Wednesday. We post your stuff on my Facebook page, but people could find you also at briefing.com, a great source of information for both domestic and international markets. You can find him at briefing.com. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do actively appreciate it. And again, if Patrick just said, hey, if anyone wants to send him my ideas, you can find him at briefing.com. I'll say the same thing. Uh, I feel like the show can sometimes get a little repetitive for periods of time. Last year, it was a lot of great stories. Stock market was slowly, grindingly, begrudgingly hitting highs on the back of tax reforms and positive momentum maybe in the China-U.S. trade deals. They were on, they were off, they were on, they were off, but the market was moving higher. And we had stories like alternative plant-based proteins, all good stuff, right? Now the stories are very repetitive. Uh, the Fed's helping us out. Uh, politics, politics, politics is going to be a story for the next five months. I think it's going to be longer. And for the record, too many elections have been too close on election night, and too many Supreme Courts have gotten involved with the hanging shads and the whole, are we going to challenge this state or not? I don't think the drama ends in November. But that's just me being cynical. Um, just even yesterday, uh, here's how politics hits investments. There's a woman who was a reporter on CNBC, Michelle Caruso Carrero. I, I think she's half Cuban. I know that CNBC at one point in time went to Cuba and they're like, she's our woman. Send her. And I think she talked about having uh, Cuban. I don't even remember. So, But anyway, she represents New York City. She represents Wall Street. She represents like immigration. And she ran in the primary against Alexandria Ortazio-Cortez, the socialist, as we like to refer to her in media. Um, the Democrat who wants to give everything to everyone, the Democrat who wants to de- uh, break apart the system, probably more aggressively than Bernie Sanders. Now, again, I'm not just passing judgment. I don't care. But AOC, as she's nicknamed, won dominantly in her primary. Um, and again, that's telling you the millennials are out there saying, we want, listen to us. If you want the, uh, the vote swing the Democrat, we like her. We don't want the Wall Street. We don't want the woman who's got more of a career. AOC was a bartender or something like that. Don't quote me. Um, but the story was they, they pointed a finger and she's one of us, AOC. So that could make voting very interesting this year, to say the least. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Stocks are dropping as the coronavirus case counts rise by records in some states. Um. It's like that bad horror movie. I feel like we're on to COVID-19 part two, and then COVID-19 part three will be this fall, and that's going to be in 3D because every third horror movie had to be in 3D, right? One of the worst ones, Friday the 13th part three, where you get to see someone's eyeballs pop out in 3D. I still don't like the 3D experience. I'd rather not see a movie in 3D. It's just that whole putting on the glasses thing. And as a kid, just saying out, like when I was 12 and a TV station would do a, like a 3D promotion, go to Burger King now and get your 3D glasses. And on Friday night, watch the Creature from the Black Lagoon. True story. They redid the three, Creature in the Black Lagoon in 3D. I'm like, whoa. Okay, so take a look at the markets. It's pretty broad-based. I'm seeing some oversized losers from oversized winners. 
earlier this week we talked about Penn National Gaming and how they're opening up all their casinos. And then this, this, the media shift went kind of negative last night and yesterday that more people are dying and maybe we shouldn't be open. Texas. He didn't draw a big press conference, but the governor of Texas said, maybe I should stay at home. Last week he was like, woo everyone get out. Take your six shooters with you and shoot them in the sky as much as you want. We're partying this Texas. And then yesterday it was like, uh, y'all should, maybe some of y'all should stay home. That's kind of a walk back, but we're staying open. We're staying open. Just don't take your six shooters out. And for the record, I assume when you move to Texas, the DMV sends you your very own six shooter and 30 gallon hat. I could be wrong. And I know you're saying, isn't it a gallon hat? I like mine. It's 30 gallon hats. Housing market rebound continues. The housing market's not going to continue forever and ever. Or is it? Do you believe in the conspiracy theory that we've introduced this week that Federal Reserve cares more about keeping stock prices higher and asset prices higher that they've lowered the cost of money to keep both of them artificially inflated so that America is happy and not in a world of discontent? Poor people are going to be poor. Haters are going to hate. But if the landowners and the 401k owners, if they start losing their value, then uh-oh. Watch out, you know. Main Street, because we're coming to get those politicians. And I'm kidding about poor people being poor. But there is something to be said that there's a conspiracy out there that the Federal Reserve kind of works for the upper middle class and the upper class. I don't know. I'm not that conspiratorial. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I've had two people in the last two days tell me two things that were anecdotally cautioning. We just had Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com say the stock market's not really going anywhere anymore. It's kind of grinding about. And then yesterday I was talking to a businessman who I'm working on some marketing projects with, some media projects, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, that said, yeah, my life doesn't feel like it's really good. Like life in the Bay Area doesn't really feel like it's unlocking. It doesn't really feel um, like we're pre-COVID. I know phase two, phase one, phase three, all that kind of stuff. But he was kind of talking more about our, our march against COVID, our, our, our ability to like say we got this stuff under control. And for sure, if this is the second wave we're getting or if this is a recurrence, a resurgence of the first wave, our hospitals have gotten better. They've gotten more prepared. So there are some positives. But this is an interesting market because I think it got a little bit ahead of itself economically speaking but then again so far the the earnings have been solid it's really really tough to to point to the earnings and say well that fell out i fell off a cliff that's never coming back uh some companies are like yeah we're not as bad as we thought right earnings season i felt went pretty good there you can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com thanks for listening to the show tell friends about the show that's the best possible way to get us bigger take a break be back in when we're back, find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.